Welcome to the Nourishing Amy podcast. I'm Amy Rankin. I am an emotional intelligence and life coach, a speaker, a creator, and a wellness chaser. I have created this podcast for you to learn habits, mindset changes, and get really actionable takeaways to find out who you are, what lights you up, how you can love yourself again, and how to live your best life. Give yourself the space to welcome in more self-care and confidence, reduce feelings like overwhelm and stress, and let's find your sparkle again. Are you ready? Let's do it. Hello, welcome back and welcome to episode 114 of the Nourishing Amy podcast. Today's episode is the start of a new series. Now, I think there's going to be about six or seven episodes in this series, and it is going to be all about mum rage. Now, the reason that I had this idea and my recommendation for today is the Beyond the Bump podcast. They did such a good episode on mum rage in general as a whole. And it really got me thinking like everything that they were talking about, I was like, oh my gosh, yes, yes, yes. (laughs) And I wanted to break down my thoughts around mum rage because there is so many different aspects that come into play that give us a sense of heightened emotional states that means that mum rage is a real thing and it's nothing to be ashamed of. I know that we also a lot of the time have terms like mum guilt associated then with mum rage and I know for me like personally I've had a few moments like that really stand out in my mind in the last few weeks and few months of that real mum rage of like, I just exploded. And then that instant feeling in my tummy of like, oh, okay, like I need to rein it back in. I feel really bad. And, you know, what can I do to number one, calm myself so that I am more able to navigate this situation that's happening in front of me better. But also number two, to be able to calm Ollie as well. And I think that this all really also comes back to the idea that like we're human beings and we have emotions. It's going to happen. And I think one of the biggest points around this whole entire series is that instead of demonizing and feeling guilty and feeling really bad about these feelings coming up, it's bringing in an acceptance piece of, I am a human being. I am going to experience the whole spectrum of emotions. Obviously, the real reactive behaviors of mum rage, we don't want to be feeling, say, for example, super regularly on a day-to-day basis, of course. And so that's what this series is going to be about, is recognizing some of the aspects that come into play that can contribute to this overwhelming feeling of, I feel like I'm just about to explode, or I have just exploded and my reactive behavior has come out and maybe I've yelled at my child or like I've just absolutely lost my shit. 
and reflectively, whether that is, you know, 10 seconds after or whether it is maybe a few hours or later that evening that you reflect back and think, okay, I could have handled that differently. Or maybe I can have a look back at the things that happened in the minutes, the hours and the days potentially leading up to that point that got me to where I was. And what I really want to talk with you guys about during this series and these few episodes that are coming up is, okay, recognizing, yes, these things all play a part, but also what can I do about them and give you some really actionable tips and takeaways so that you can start to put some things into place so you're feeling like mum rage is coming up for you less often. But like I said, my podcast recommendation as a whole for this series, but this episode specifically is going to be the Beyond the Bump podcast uh, episodes, all of them. (laughs) Well, not all of them because some of them, you know, same with my podcast, right? Like some episodes you'll be like, oh my gosh, I loved that episode. That was fantastic. Felt super relevant. Other episodes, not so much, but I really do encourage you to go and have a scroll through the Beyond the Bump podcast and just click on a few episodes that feel like the titles resonate with you. They've got a really good chemistry, really good banter together, really, really great conversational topics as well as interviews as well. Now, the actual topic that I'm going to be talking about today is the mental load. And with each of these episodes, the recommendations that I'm going to give are going to be kind of like mum or parent related, just because I think it makes sense. So there's a whole heap of other different podcast episodes and, um, you know, resources and things like that, that I do have to recommend for you that will be coming up for you in the coming episodes as well. So when I was having a look for a little bit of information on the mental load, because I'm like, okay, I know what it is. And I know when I'm talking with my one-on-one clients that they can also articulate or point out what it is really well. But I was really interested in finding out, well, how do other places or people or sources actually define the mental load? So essentially the mental load is all of the mental work. So it's all of your organizing, your list making, your planning, like all of this stuff. And what studies and research has found is that often, not all the time, and I do want to preface this by saying not all the time, but studies have shown that often this falls onto the woman of the household or the mum's shoulders. So whether you're a parent or not, but I'm assuming if you're listening to this podcast series and it's entitled Mum Rage that you are probably a mum or you know mums um, or that you're probably a woman. If you're not, love that for you. Please keep listening and please feel free to share this episode with somebody that you think would really enjoy this podcast episode as well. So like I said, it's not just specifically for mums, not just specifically for women or people that identify as women, but studies have shown that it is mainly related to these demographics. So the mental load is the cognitive effort involved in managing your life. That's the actual definition for it. The cognitive effort involved in managing your life. So this is I mean, obviously a huge range of things, but things like your life, your relationships, managing a family, managing the household, uh, it's finding time for 
the huge list of things that is in your head, finding time to clean the house and the household chores, finding time for exercise and moving your body, meal planning, nourishing your body, nourishing everybody else in your household's body, doing the groceries, like navigating work-life balance, navigating kids and all of the responsibilities that come with kids and your social life and your relationships, whether that's romantic or otherwise, maybe we could also be looking at things like friendships, family members. Yes, a romantic relationship if you're in one. It's finding time for downtime and self-care. It's the little things like paying the bills, remembering when the bills are due, remembering all of the different little things that you want to be or need to be scheduling into the calendar. It's the appointments. It's the to-do lists. It's all of the stuff. And when I have this conversation with friends or clients sometimes when they're explaining their kind of idea of mental load, but when I am talking about the mental load with my friends, a lot of the time, For me, it's around that sense of, you know, Aaron gets to get up and go to work every day and he has what I perceive as the luxury of getting up and he gets up most of the time around 4.35am, literally gets up, gets dressed, gets his keys, walks out the door. And he sometimes will be driving close to home. Sometimes he's an hour, two hours, six hours away from home. He jumps in his car. He listens to whatever music or podcast or radio station he wants to listen to. He has that time for himself. Um, He has the luxury of working to his own timeline, not really, I mean, apart from obviously clients, Uh, and people that he's working for, but not being dictated by somebody else's timeline like we can be as mums or like we are essentially as mums. And all of these things that I look back now at my life before children and realize that, wow, I really took simple things like that for granted. And please don't get me wrong. I obviously very much appreciate what Aaron does and how hard he works for himself and for our family. But it's really not until I had children that I realized and really felt this sense of mental load of there is so many tabs open in my brain at any one time of, okay, like a lot of the time, and I have shared this on my stories and have heaps of people responding, males as well that do this, that I work backwards a lot of the time when I'm doing my to-do list for the next day. So if I know I've got a really busy day the next day and I might have some clients booked in, I might have some meetings booked in, maybe a workshop. And But then I'm also trying to juggle in like mum life or dropping Ollie to daycare and things like that. What I will do is figure out, for example, if I've got to drop Ollie to daycare and I know I need to be in an appointment at 9 a.m., I'm like, okay, so if I need to be at that appointment at 9am, that means I need to leave Ollie's daycare at say 8.30am. That means I need to leave our house to get him to daycare at 8.15am, which means he needs to be dressed and nappy changed by 8am, which means breakfast needs to be happening by 7.30, 7.45. You get the idea. I work backwards. And a lot of people I didn't realize also do this too and find it really helpful and really useful when they're doing a to-do list, when they're sticking to strict times. 
And this idea of that mental load being like, okay, so these are all the things I've got on for my day or for my week. And also included in that is, okay, what time is Ollie going to be waking up? What time is he going to be having breakfast? What is he having for breakfast? Have I made that breakfast? Have I organized it? Do I have nappies? What is he going to be wearing for the day? Have I packed his lunchbox if we're going to be out and about? What activities are we going to be doing? If we're out doing activities, have we got bunny packed? Have we got the little puppy dog packed that he likes this week? Have we got a spare pair of clothes? Is there a spare nappy and all of that kind of stuff in the bag? What food is he going to be eating? What time is his nap? What things can I get? Can I fit into that nap time? Anyway, I'm not going to go through my whole entire day of my mental load, but you get the idea. And I'm assuming if you're listening to this podcast episode that you also have similar thought processes or thinking happening for you as well and lists running through your mind super regularly. And these can be lists related to all different areas and aspects of life. So maybe like even all of those things I just listed, they were literally nothing to do with me. That's all outside of me before I even think about myself of like, okay, all of that stuff is sorted and I've got all of that organized and all his outfits ready and his clothes and food and stuff's ready. Hang on. Okay. What about me? What am I going to be wearing? Have I got my food organized for the day? What times do I need to be places? The juggle and fitting all the puzzle pieces in together of you and a lot of the time, potentially the other people in your life and your family and things like that. It's a lot. And I think like the very, very first thing to say is to acknowledge that it is a lot. And there is going to be times that it does feel overwhelming, that it does feel stressful and that it does feel like maybe it's not fair Maybe you feel like you are taking on a lot more of the load of the household or of life stuff than what somebody else is potentially in your household. And that can feel really frustrating. Now, when we feel overwhelmed, when we feel stressed, when we feel frustrated, that can lead to resentment. And I have done a podcast episode on resentment before, which I do encourage you to listen to if that is a feeling that you notice coming up for you. It's a really great one to recognize what resentment is, why it comes up, what boundaries of yours you have been pushing that has led to feeling resentful and also what you can do about it. So that was a few podcast episodes ago that I did that one. But what we really want to be thinking about, I've got a few different points to be able to work through this mental load so that you can be feeling a little bit less stressed, a little bit less overwhelmed, and maybe a little bit more organized. And I think my first question for you there would be, if you notice that the mental load that you are carrying at the moment of the work things, the home things, your personal life things, your self-care aspects, your relationships, your friendships, your family life things, like all of the different categories. If it's feeling a lot, as I always say, we need to have an idea of where you want to be headed or how you want to be feeling because it's all well and good to say, I don't want to feel overwhelmed anymore. I don't want to feel so stressed. I don't want to feel like I'm at the point that I'm about to bubble over, but how do you want to feel instead? Because if you're just thinking about and focusing on that, you don't want to feel that way anymore. That's a great start. 
But we really need to also be clear on how you do want to be feeling so that your brain is like, cool, this is where I'm headed. What can I do to be moving towards feeling that? And it really gives you a good direction and will give you a clearer idea of how you can start to move towards that feeling. So first of all, I've got a few different points here. My very first point is to actually get clear for you on what is it that feels overwhelming? So maybe that looks like sitting down and doing a big brain dump. Maybe that looks like a bullet point list. Maybe it's an A4 piece of paper. Whatever it is, really get clear on what is everything that is on my mental plate or that is contributing to my mental load at the moment and just brain dump everything, write it all out first. Then have a look and think about, is there any of these things on here that feels more overwhelming than the other things? Maybe there's a few things that you circle or highlight. There might be a few things on there that you recognize this feels a lot at the moment, this particular thing. So again, just getting clear on what feels overwhelming first, do a big brain dump. Then having a look at that same list that you've written out and considering, is there anything on here that I could delegate? Maybe there's other people living in your household with you that you could ask for their help. You could ask them if they can do one or two things on that list. Is there anything that you can delegate? to someone else. Now, if we're not even just specifically looking at household things, maybe there's things at work that you could look at potentially having a chat with your boss or your manager and delegating to somebody else in the team or someone more relevant. Like we're not just talking about specifically only the household things, but it's probably going to play quite a big part in the mental load the household stuff. So getting clear on if there's anything that you can delegate, then also now that you've gotten clear on what feels overwhelming, thinking about how you can voice how you're feeling respectfully. So this has two different points here. First thing is to actually consider, well, how does this make me feel? If I look at this list or if I think about the mental load at the moment that I am carrying with me, how do I feel? And getting clear on that first. Now, maybe you might like to use a tool like the feelings wheel. If you're not super familiar with feelings and how you're actually feeling at the moment, literally just Google the feelings wheel and go into Google images and there'll be hundreds, thousands of results that come up, but they're all generally the same, just different versions, different colors and things like that. Google the feelings wheel, bring one of them up, have a look and pick some feelings that feel relevant for you. Then get clear on what it looks like to have a conversation with somebody else in your life to explain to them how you're feeling. Get that feeling out, but do it in a way that is respectful of the other person as well. So a lot of the time, the person that you're going to be talking to is maybe your partner or somebody else that you're living with in your house. And so instead of, this is my second point here with this, instead of the, you don't do this, you never do this. Actually, I've got three points that are related to this. Uh, Bring it back to I statements. I feel whatever the feeling is, overwhelmed. I feel stressed. Maybe it's also things like, I feel like 
this, this or this is not being prioritized or is not a big focus at the moment or this list in front of me here that I've written down is making me feel this way. And you can see that it's bringing that responsibility back to you instead of having the responsibility of how you're feeling outwards of yourself, but also the potential for that other person to feel like you're blaming them or pushing blame onto them or responsibility onto them when this is a conversation that you wanted to bring up with them. And so if we can respectfully and constructively deliver the conversation topic, it means that there is less opportunity for things like frustration, again, resentment, but conflict essentially coming up. So by being able to voice how you're feeling respectfully, we are using I statements, but also that third point for this one here is watching out for generalizations. Now, generalizations is a cognitive distortion, which there is another podcast episode on. I think it's maybe back at episode maybe 69 or 70, but watch out for generalizations. And what I mean by that is big sweeping statements. So things like you never or you always. So this again, why I said it kind of links back to this as well is because it's kind of linked to those I statements as well in that instead of saying things like you never help around the house or I'm always the one cooking dinner and you are always watching TV or, you know, I don't know, out catching up with friends or whatever the case may be, the big generalizations and the big sweeping statements are going to make things feel more amplified for you, but they're also going to put the other person that you're having a conversation with on the back foot and make them feel defensive and like they want to defend themselves. So watch the big generalization and sweeping statements. Also, another thing that that does, uh, again, this is all covered in that generalizations um, mindset series of the podcast, but what generalizations do is because your brain wants to be right, when you have a big sweeping statement, it is going to then look for all of the evidence that you can think of and remember that agrees with that statement. So for example, something like you never help out around the house, then what your brain is going to do is think back to all of the times recently that agrees with that statement that, yeah, remember when I was doing this and you were doing what I perceive as nothing, or when I was doing this and you were watching TV or whatever, that what you are also then actively doing at the same time is your brain cuts out any instances and pushes to the side any times that this other person has actually helped out around the house because that doesn't agree with or doesn't line up with the thought that you're having at that time. So just remember that with our big sweeping statements or our generalizations, they may not be 100% true. There is probably a level of not necessarily truth. I don't think truth is the word that I'm really looking for, but there's a level of um you believing that statement because it wouldn't come to mind unless you had examples in your head. But just be careful and question, is that 100% true though? Or ask them and say, I feel like you never help out around the house. Can you give me some examples of ways that you feel like you are helping or ways that you feel like you do things around the house? Because in any relationship or any household, there is multiple people at least two or more people. 
And the other person that you're talking to may have a totally different perception of what helping around the house looks like or feels like for them. So for you to turn around and say, you never help around the house in their head, they might be like, hang on, but like, you know, I cleaned the bathroom two weeks ago, or I take the bins out every week, things like that, that we are not really even paying much attention to when they're doing those things. And we don't realize that that is them thinking that they are helping around the house, right? So using those I statements, watch out for those big sweeping statements and generalizations. My next point that I have is actually asking for help. So different to delegating, I know I spoke about um, questioning if there was anything that you could delegate on your list. But with this one in actually asking for help, it's kind of a follow on from, you know, having and voicing how you're feeling and having this conversation respectfully, actually get clear on when you are feeling overwhelmed or when you are feeling stressed or it's all feeling a bit much and you're feeling like you're about to explode and that mum rage is really about to hit. What can you actually ask somebody for help with? Because a lot of the time we can be stubborn And it's just like, oh, it's just easier if I just do it myself. But is it really? Because how often are you actually saying that or thinking that and then taking on board all of this extra stuff that you could have asked somebody else for help for? Maybe they might not do it exactly how you would like it done. And I'm going to talk about that in just a second. But It's actually just asking for help and giving up that need for control. And that's my next point that I have is letting go of that control, recognize the expectations that you're setting on different jobs or tasks or chores or things that are on your mental load list. Recognize the expectations that you set. Realize that a lot of people set very high expectations for themselves, whether that's with regards to work or just general life things that you're doing. And that sometimes we can also place those high expectations on other people, especially if we're asking, let's say, for help with um, unpacking the dishwasher or um, washing the dishes that night. Maybe they're not doing it exactly how you want that to be done or how you would be doing it. But at the end of the day, if that is one less thing that you are focusing on and doing and giving energy and attention to, let's just see if we can let go of some of that control, release some of those expectations that you're holding on to and also then recognize, well, if that's an expectation I'm holding on that person or that task, how do I also set that expectation on myself when I'm doing that thing? And can I be a bit kinder to myself as well? Uh, Okay, two more um, little points or hints and ways that you can move through this. Ask yourself, can you simplify? Is there anything similar to delegating, but is there anything that you can simplify in that, all right, you're doing your meal planning on a Sunday. Maybe it's something that you really don't enjoy doing, can you organize HelloFresh for the next week? Or can you organize a box of Marley Spoon or Dinnerly to be getting delivered? A little hint as well, if you deactivate your account with them, if you, instead of just pausing, um, pausing deliveries, if you're like, look, we're really not going to need it for another few months, let's just deactivate. A lot of the time, They want to get you back in and they send you out discount codes and things like that too. So take advantage of things where you can. And if you're feeling strapped for cash, take advantage of things like discount codes that get sent out to you. 
Can you simplify? Is there a way that maybe you can prioritize if the household cleaning is feeling really overwhelming? Can you get a cleaner once a month or once every two or three weeks and get a cleaner in to do those things that feel really pressured or really hard or difficult for you to be getting to at the moment. Maybe you do something like click and collect instead of actually going into the shops and doing all of your grocery shopping there. Maybe you can be jumping on your laptop and it's 8.30 p.m. on like Sunday night and you're just like, right, I'm going to do all my click and collect. And then all I need to do is drive through get the click, pick up the click and collect, get them to chuck it in my boot, get home, unpack it, and it's done. So maybe click and collect is something. Maybe you have a family planner and you plan out. So what I actually do on ours, I've got it. Um, it's like a meal planner, basically a big fridge magnet. And it's got set out the days of the week. It's got a little bit on the side for groceries and it also has notes. Now, what I do in that notes section is I have um, like to-dos or like things that we have on that week and I literally break it down. I write Monday and then any appointments that I have, any appointments Ollie has um, and also what time I am going to be finishing work. So some nights that might be that I'm not finishing work till 8.39 p.m. And so Aaron can look at that list and recognize, okay, it's Tuesday. Amy's got written that she's not finishing work till 9 p.m., I'm going to cook dinner. And then he can also have a look on the other side of the fridge magnet to see it's Tuesday, we're having spaghetti, I'm cooking spaghetti for dinner, you know? So is there things that you can simplify and make it feel a bit easier for you, for everybody else in the household? And also my very last point is when was the last time that you had a discussion about the household tasks, about the things that are on that mental load list that you made at the start. And is there anything that you can reassign? You know, some of the things that I've been chatting with my one-on-one clients about recently is like, maybe that discussion hasn't been had in a year or two in your house. And it's just gradually and gradually extra things have been getting added onto your plate And it's all about actually just sitting down again, having a clear, respectful conversation and just thinking about, all right, this is something that's feeling really overwhelming for me. I like to do the vacuuming and mop the floors on a Sunday afternoon, but I'm also trying to do the grocery shopping, organize the click and collect and plan out everyone's week for the upcoming week. Can you please vacuum and mop the floors on Sundays or whatever it is? have a conversation. Is there any reassigning of household tasks that can happen for you? That means that there's a few less things on your plate, that things have potentially been delegated and really just being able to express how you're feeling, getting clear on how you're feeling with a tool like the feelings wheel so that you can recognize that yes, the mental load is, it is a thing. Like I said, there's been multiple, multiple studies done on this. And yes, it is a contributing factor to mum rage and that feeling of I'm just about to explode. But there is things that we can do to be navigating this, to feel that feeling less often. So again, it's not about never feeling this feeling ever again, because that is near impossible. And we need to give yourself the compassion and the empathy to understand that there is the spectrum of emotions that you will be working through. Some days are going to feel harder than others. There's going to be curveballs that happen. There's going to be 
getting stuck in traffic um, on the way to work or, you know, something that you were expecting to get done for the day at work that hasn't happened, that means you're now behind and all of the things you know, the outside contributing factors to life, they're always going to be there, but it's about trying our best to navigate them. And like I said, breaking this mum rage series down into these different topics is hopefully going to mean that you can recognize one or two things from each of these episodes coming up that is going to hopefully help you to feel less stressed and less overwhelmed so that you can be feeling like you are less likely to be on that tipping point and about to explode. So I hope that you've enjoyed this podcast episode. If you have liked it and you think that there is somebody else in your life that would enjoy it or that you think they could get some takeaways from, please share. I would absolutely love that. And I will talk to you in our next episode. We'll have another episode in the Mum Rage series. If you liked this episode, I would love for you to screenshot and tag me on Instagram. You guys have no idea how much that absolutely makes my day. I get such a big smile on my face. Thank you so much for hanging out with me today. And I hope that you have gotten something from this episode. If you want to hang out more, you can search the Nourishing Amy podcast community in Facebook and come and join our group. We're talking all things life, love, overwhelm and everything in between. You can share your funny memes, your stories, and all of the life stuff. If you would like to get in contact with me, please don't hesitate to reach out and shoot me a message on Instagram. You can find me at amy underscore Rankin. Last but not least, it really helps to support my podcast when you subscribe and leave a review on whatever app it is that you listen to this podcast on. I am just a little independent podcaster and every subscribe and review helps my podcast to be seen and heard by more people and to help more people get their sparkle back. Thank you again so much for being with me and have a fantastic day.